The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by The Great Scott Show, the champion. With Scott Prather. Steal the show. On ESPN 1420 and ESPN1420.com. Welcome in. Good morning, everybody. Hello. It's the great Scott show. And it is my boy, Norman Locke, who joins us every Thursday right here on the great Scott show. We're going to talk Cajuns, Tigers, Saints, Drew Holiday on the trade block. David Griffin's like, well, everyone's always on the trade block, but it seems a little deeper than that this time. We'll dig into all of that. Plus at 845 this morning. Reggie Cajun women's basketball coach, Gary Broadhead, you know, Norm, typically when you're coming off of a, 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 of a, of a season where it ends and you're in a, a postseason, it's usually going to end with a loss, yes. but last year it ended with a win and the Cajuns were set to go to the semis of the conference tournament, in New Orleans, and then COVID hit. And then the whole sporting world shut down. Um, but uh, Ty Doucette, first team all Sunbelt Conference. It was announced yesterday. Brandy Williams, third team. We're going to talk to Coach Broadhead uh, about his squad and other things coming up at 845. So a lot in store for you, plus open phone lines. And with that, good morning, Norman. What's up? Whoa. What's up, Scott? You feeling still feeling good this week? I'm still feeling great this week. Still feeling great? Still feeling great. How about the Cowboys? How you doing on that front? You, you remember what, I, what team I picked? <laughs> it doesn't matter who you picked. I mean, yeah, how are you no, feeling? Feeling pretty good. Defense. At what? Out. Real question. Real talk. At what point did you go from? How early in the season did you go from? All right, I'm just thinking about the draft. Once that guy hurt, it was over with. Like I was like, it's not, it's not, it's not sad. So week five, even week in that, five. even in that division, yeah. there wasn't a party that's like, well, yeah, but you know, win this division. I mean, you're only what. A game and a half back, two game. Well, two and a half games. Back Once now. Dak went down, <clears throat> I just see it as it was a blessing to reset, restart. Blessing. <laughs> and I shouldn't laugh, but that's that's not. True. It was it was a blessing. It was a, it was a well, blessing it was. in disguise because now you get to see and evaluate every other position. So I, the the players that we kept, I mean, the players that we let go, the players that got released or traded, those guys of Dak wouldn't have got hurt. They'd probably still be on his team, not producing. I admire you, man. I admire your positivity. I really do. Your optimism. Yeah, thank you. I mean, to be two <laughs> and six and have this kind of season and say it's a blessing in disguise is now compare now is, compare is our two and six right Could, to the other teams around the leagues two and six. I'm okay. <laughs> Always comparing yourself to people to teams that are awful is not. That's just. That's, I mean, we're awful, so I'm, I don't know what else to compare to. A group of twos, they're all looking at each other like, man. I might leave, I leave with a good one because look at the other options here. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Or, I'm looking, or the reality is you're all going to remain single. Because I'm looking, I'm looking at the Jets and Atlanta, and 
It doesn't look good. Even even in the draft, it just doesn't look good. Trevor Lawrence, the Jets want Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence doesn't want the Jets. They might spell for destruction. Atlanta. How bad, yeah, how bad. How how is Adam Gay still employed? Again, if you look around. Is this punishment at this point? Is it like is it like is it just hey, you you did this. So, so you, you have to through. a few weeks ago, the head coach of the Jets was like publicly said like, hey, if anybody else on the offensive staff wants to call plays, go ahead. Anybody? <laughs> Anybody? And none of them did. Like, no, no, coach, you go ahead and keep doing that, man. We're good. Because all he's doing is is setting up the, the the foundation for the next head coach to come in and wipe that team out. Are they are they are they winning a game this year? I called it four weeks ago and said they're going 0 and 16 when they were 0 and 4. Now they're halfway there at 0 and 8. Like, are they going to win a game? It depends on the, the great mind of Bill Belichick. They're playing the Patriots Monday night. And that's what I and think. And they're playing the Patriots in week 17. And I think, you know, what the Patriots are 2 and. Uh, two and four. Two and four. Or two and two and five. They're two and five. So if the Patriots go on to not win any other games and they let the Jets win those two games, then they will succeed in getting the first the first pick and the Jets get the second pick. And they'll fool everyone's playing. Yeah, but the the Patriots are going to win some games. They're not going two and fourteen. And we, like who else? Like you're assuming that no that the other bad teams will win some more games too. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm more optimistic about the other bad teams than I am about the Jets and the Patriots right now. I just don't see. I feel bad for Cam. I mean, he's dealing with everything that Tom Brady has dealt dealt with last year, and and uh, you know, a lot of us fans and and broadcasters was watching and trying to figure out was it Bill Belichick, was it Tom Brady, who really need to go, was it you know Tom Brady's skill and abilities diminishing, was it just the offense being stagnant, did he really have the lack of weapons? But it seems like it was a combination of all three going on in New England. Well, they and, were in the playoffs last year, though, right? They won the division. Yeah, yeah. Off the, I mean, you, you know, now it's kind of looking like maybe off the strength of Tom Brady more so than off the back of Bill Belichick. Ah, man, it's it would a what a wild season. And now you've got the Niners who have all these COVID tests, all this bad stuff happening. Literally, are missing. Top three running backs on the depth chart. They have one receiver left. Tight end is out eight weeks. Garoppolo, George Kittle, all this. This center, is a team in the I Super Bowl last retired. year. I don't know how they're four and four because they um, played four, three NFC teams. Yeah, NFC yeah you're East right. Teams. They played the NFC and they and they played the Jets. So. That's what I'm saying. That's <laughs> I like. I keep reminding people they played. Patriots, but they did get a win against the Rams. Um, so you know, I wait, hey, but but now hold on, but, Scott, Scott. The Rams got three wins against NFC. I want to say four. They don't know. They got a sweep. four and they two, got, baby. And they, and they got four NFC. Every East single, wins. every single. T- uh, well, I'm sorry. They're five and three. They also have one win against the Bears. Well, there it is. <laughs> it is. Uh, I don't believe in it. It, it is just. But uh, so the Niners. I, I guess I get the early wins, but like now that they've been losing players, and somehow they only lost by ten last week to Seattle. So despite all this. You got to at least give it to them. Like they're feisty. They're the defense. They're 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 feisty. Um, they run the ball. They play but defense. Like all of these guys gone in the in all positive COVID test. Short week. Thursday night football tonight. And the NFL's like, no, y'all are playing this game. Now, now y'all are playing this game. It's as happening. long as I've been alive, the 49ers have always been able to replenish talent on the defensive the defensive side of the football. 
just seem like they draft well and they sign good free agents. Oof. As long as you've been alive, there was some lean years there for a little while. That's what I said. But I mean, but if you look at the little while versus the the total When I was a kid, when I was a young and it was there all I mean, there were God dude, I I I hated the Niners so much when I was a kid. They their owner was, he was in the Saints division. That's what they were in the Saints. Oh yeah, no, one hundred percent. That is, but like I I I hated any team that like won all the time because none of my teams did when I was no, young. No. But like they won all the time and they always beat the Saints and their owner was a crook and they were so <laughs> you just threw that good. in. There. <laughs> just, it's worth just, it's worth noting when you you know you're paying you know your players with with crooked just, money. Just slid that in there. But like. Jerry Rice, John Taylor, Roger Craig, they had so many players that were so stacked. And you hear players that were on those teams. Like Deion Sanders talks about how man, when I was in Atlanta, like it was fun. But like when the game ended, nobody was serious. It was just like, you know, I was hanging out with my boy Hammer as an MC Hammer. <laughs> it was just cool. He's like, when I got to San Francisco, like they, it was straight business all the time. Like they would you go into a Super Bowl and it's like this is what we're supposed to do. You said it was it was almost like militant. You said there's some there's some value in that in terms of how successful they were. He's like, but it was just a whole different style. I mean, those God, those Niners teams in the in the eighties and, and early nineties. I just hate them, man. I just hate them. Came on to Dallas and he started having fun again and started winning. He said they expected <laughs> to win all the time too, but between the games, yeah, they had some they had some fun. No, the old, the old White House. Yeah, I was about to say, especially Michael Irvin. Michael Irvin had everybody turned up. <laughs> That's who I want to hear untold stories for. Let me hear about what happened on the, on that. that he, he he says like so. Some of the stuff written about in the book, he's like, oh yeah, all that stuff's true. He's like, but that's not all the stories. <laughs> that's why I, I want to hear. What do you make of Irvin as like a a commentator? Your honest opinion. I think he's more energy than information. <laughs> But you need that on every show. Like you need you need somebody who's not going to give you all the facts, but he's going to give you all the energy, and it has well, to complement. The Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> I mean, you can't, you can't. No, no. What, Mike? What did you what, say, Mike? Well, Dallas is going to win. All right, let's cut, cut, cut to <laughs> cut to Joe Testatore. <laughs> Like that, that's so I, I. But I'm looking at Dak saying, "Give me my money." All right. Okay. Okay. That, that, but that's to your point. That's how he has been for like 15 years in the media. It's just all energy. And 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 you need it. Sometimes you need that to to spark it off because it's like you're not. Who else from that on the set are you, is you going to get it from? I I don't watch all the. I, I I occasionally get to watch inside the NFL, which I like because they have the NFL film stuff. And he's not on there every week, but when he is, it's like Ray Lewis, turn it up. It's Phil Sims, it's Brandon Marshall, it's James Brown, and then it's and then Irvin comes in there, and he's just you know who you know who I I, I kind of th- I think I like Steve Smith when he gets to do commentary <laughs> because he'll still he'll still be analytical when he has to, and yet. When he needs to, he'll slip in some trash talk or, or like, like remind everybody, like, dude, I might be five A, but you don't want to, you don't want to cross me. Like he's he's able to still keep some of that personality that like made him elite. Because he get on there like, yeah, um. but he'll, but he's not gonna like be. He can be, he can show his 
human bias, but still be objective when analyzing the the game, if that makes sense. Wait, did you notice he always kind of throw his own stats in there? Like, oh, oh yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. Oh. Cal- Calvin Johnson had a 145 yards. But, you know, when I played – I played against him. I had 148 yeah. yards. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, 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 that's 48 that's yards. Many. You know, they couldn't check me on a go route, but he did. He did successfully, you know, complete one go route. He, God, man. Like, some Saints fans, he was that guy, like, especially being in the division, Saints fans, he was a Saint killer. I mean, he would have such big games. And then at the same time, there was this honesty of, like, yeah, but you you wish he was on your team. Who Who did you hate most? Roddy White or Steve Smith? Oh, Roddy White by a <laughs> yeah. okay by a by a, not even close, not even close. Right. Roddy White didn't he didn't even like kill the Saints the way Smith did either. Like he, he just, had like a silent seventy eight yards in the touchdown. Yeah, he would, he would just run his mouth, but it wasn't like yeah. But you also like just won the game and like played really good. Like it seemed like Smith played good every time, and would like. Not just run his mouth, but like you know, they'd start, you know, not fighting, but you know the not not what Javon Wims did, but like just getting each other's face, grab face mask, you know, and sportsman like all that. White would just talk trash. He would he would make you know Katrina references. Like he would just it was like low hanging fruit, and it's like bro, like you you're not even that good. you're on the Falcons. <laughs> Like you're you're all right. You're, you're the all, Falcons all time lead you're, receiver. Yeah, Clark. you're you're okay. Like good you're, job. you're 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 a good player, but. You're not like you're not going to the Hall of Fame. Hey, Steve Smith will go to the Hall of Fame. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, Roddy White. Please. Plus, he was on the Falcons. I mean, the only Falcons player other than Michael Vick that I can say that I I don't have a problem with uh, Michael Vick and Julio Jones. Like I put Julio up there because in high school watching Julio high school highlights it was just amazing. I was like, this guy's running track. He's killing it in football. He's amazing, but. Algie Crumpler. Algernon. <laughs> Algernon Crumpler. <laughs> that was my guy on Madden. Gosh, couldn't stand him. He was he was my guy, Scott. He, he can't do no wrong in, he in would, he, Boy, him, they would talk some trash back in the day, too, back when you play against the Saints. But uh, Algernon, man. I don't like any of them. I don't like anybody ever on the Falcons. That's the only two. So you didn't like Michael Vick on the Falcons? Absolutely not. He played for the Falcons. Man, that's the, that's the only. That's the really the. What about Brett Favre? He played for the Falcons. I've never been a Brett Favre fan <laughs> ever, for the record. So <laughs> I used to take so much heat. Like, I, 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 I'm I, not going to claim he wasn't an all-time great. But, like, I mean, Jay Walker and I, back in the day when we do his show, Bird's Eye View, together, you know, 12, 13 years ago, we would point out the things that Favre didn't do well and how many picks he would throw and how reckless he was and how why does he get a pass for all of this just because, well, he's no gunslinger. Oh, dude, uh, we would get calls of people just roasting us like, how dare you? It's like, how dare us? What did we say? Like, he... He said, "It's not my job to to help this teammate out." He would do. He would say things and play certain games where it's like, "Why is why does he get a pay? Just because everybody loves him." Yeah. When when the Saints won the NFC Championship game, and Rich Eisen, who is the face of the NFL Network, was actually crying. <laughs> he was literally crying because Favre didn't win. I was just like. It, 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 uh, that that's that's enough. That was that's illegal. Enough. Illegal. That's enough. Case happened. Transpired from what you did to Brett Favre, the people's quarterback. 
So don't 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 right. highlight right. the bad, the good without the bad. Right. You got, There's you a got legal a, you case got, that happened got, after that. Yeah, I, I was talking about <laughs> little bread as well. Um, so <clears throat> anyway, no, you're not going to get me on Brett Farb, but he oh, Dion, is Dion hit, the, the the fact that please, no, <laughs> Dion fan. I don't mind Dion. If somebody leaves the Falcons and then goes and does something else somewhere else long enough. But, like, Dion played for – it wasn't until he was on Baltimore that he was like, okay, now he's on a team I like. Okay. Like, I didn't like Washington. I couldn't stand the Niners or the Cowboys or the Falcons when I was growing up. One, because it was the Falcons, and then the Niners and Cowboys were really good and beat everyone, so I didn't like them at all. Um, but what was I talking about? Favre? Anyway. <laughs> and now – no. He he okay, that's it. He's the reason like if the Saints beat someone else in the NFC Championship game back in the 2009 season with or without the bounties with <laughs> If it. you beat them with the bounties, I think everything still happens. You know the Vikings also had a bounty system that year. Did you know that? Allegedly. Did you know the Eagles had one in 92 that was celebrated on ESPN Countdown. This was before the great commissioner that the NFL has right now. <laughs> See, now now you're just getting off track here. I know what you're trying to do. Real question. If 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 it's not Brett Favre, if it's someone else, let's say it was Gus Farad or No, or, no, let's not say who 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 was the other teams that was in the in the playoffs? uh Kurt Warner, the the Cardinals were in the playoffs that, that year. That was the next team. The Cowboys were in the playoffs that year. If it happened to Tony Romo, I think the outcome would have been the same. But my I'm not talking about if they had won or lost. My thing no, is, I'm saying that the situation of him getting, you know, beat up that whole game and does the NFL change the overtime rule the next season if it's not Brett Favre that lost that game? That's what I'm asking. Because it was the next season that they said, "All right, we can't just have it be a walk off here. We need and now you've got the rule that it, it's crazy. It's been ten years, and then recently they altered it last year to make it a ten minute quarter, which is really stupid because now you're getting more ties. But it changed from sudden death to, well, if you get it and you score a touchdown, it's over. But if not, it's a field goal. It keeps going. Or if the first team that holds the possession doesn't score at all, then it's suddenly sudden death rules from that point on. Like they changed it, and if it's if the Saints lose that game. Or if it's not Brett Favre, if the Saints beat another team and it's not Brett Favre, I'm convinced that that rule does not happen the next year. Now, you got Rich Eisen crying on TV. This is my Norm. question, though. Have in this 10-year stretch the Saints benefit from that rule? Uh, sometimes, probably. So, I don't know. So you're... I'm not even complaining about the rule. I'm, this, I'm not talking about the Saints. This is more about Brett Favre. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm just asking. I'm just saying. I don't know. I'd have to go back and look at every overtime game they've played in. Yeah, but I, that's why it's I think like, they probably would have won more because they would have been able to just kick a field goal and gotten out. Because I'm going to say you might be right that they pushed the rule through because of what happened to Because it was Brett Favre. But I'm going to lead on the side of People got tired of that stupid overtime rule. Like that was real, really stupid. It it had, it had been getting criticized a number of you know freak years, but when the beloved Brett Favre doesn't get to go to the Super Bowl, that's when something has to change. Exactly. Um, you know, you know, you know how big Wrangler jeans are in the South. So exactly, you know, a copper fit. You know, you never heard these brands before, Scott. I'm trying to better learn these brands. You don't got your copper fit sleeve and your Wrangler jeans on. 
in 2007, who are you? I don't know. Do you do you own any Wranglers? <laughs> I don't own any Wranglers. I don't That's, own any Wranglers. By the Sears, I don't go in Sears. I haven't been. There's no more Sears. Is are there, I think it's just online now, right? Yeah, and I know that's where you get Wranglers. My washer and dryer from Sears, and I'm like, well, I mean, I, they're, they're somewhat old. I'm no, like, no. something happens. I can't take can't them get to the Sears warranty. to get fixed. Can't See, do that. That's all I thought. Sears appliances, and he out here selling Brett Favre jeans. 20 minutes after the hour, 7 o'clock. SNL did a good skit years ago about the open hole Wrangler jeans. Jason Sudeikis was playing Brett Favre. He's like, put on my jeans and then take out my phone and we'll take a quick break. We'll come back from the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab and Daniel Phillips. Your forecast today, mostly sunny, high of 77. Tonight, partly cloudy and a low of 54. 21 after the hour of 7 o'clock. Raging Cajuns, homecoming, Arkansas State. We'll talk about the matchup Saturday with the Red Wolves. Will LSU win more than three games this year? And True Holiday, if this is it, isn't it more about just the love we built along the way? (laughs) Don't go anywhere. Great Scott Show continues right after this on ESPN1420.com. John Wayne Prejean of John Wayne's Body and Paints on the line. John Wayne, you've been serving the Acadiana area. Scott Prather, the king of sports talk radio. If you want to crown them, then crown their The Great Scott Show on Sports Radio ESPN 1420. How about this, Cowboys? Welcome back into the great Scott show. Scott Prather, Norman Locke. Raging Cajuns, homecoming, Norm. Cajun Field, 11 a.m. Taking on Arkansas State. Cajuns not not back in the top 25 right now, but are getting votes. 29th if you want to count the also receiving votes where they fall into that. They are a heavy favorite against the Red Wolves. Uh, the lines moved a little bit. Right now, they are minus 14. Oh, Lord. Okay. Now, they've been a heavy favorite in some games this year and didn't cover, but got the win, which for most people, that's really all they that's care all about. Fair. Well, they passed that betting. They passed Louisiana sports betting. Well, so. we'll see. I'm not, not counting my chickens yet. You know, uh, somebody, some, some. Uh, they can get fan duel. Somebody's going to end up getting involved and screwing it all up. Even though it <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yes, uh, Arkansas State this Saturday. Coach Napier's made it clear. Players have made it clear. I think you and I and anyone that follows this team knows it's clear. They're 5-1. and one. They're, they're in full control of the Sunbelt West. And I don't think they've come close to playing their best game yet. No, uh, yeah, like last last week when we talked, I told you about that 
that soft middle of the Cajuns defense, and I, I'm still worried about it. Um, and like you say, with playing Arkansas State and even not Cajuns not covering, but still, I'm pretty sure they're gonna give up like 150 on the ground, and it's gonna be up the middle. So I, I'm I'm looking for them to fix it before we have to go back and play App State and hopefully maybe play uh, the Chanticleers, the Spicy Chickens, uh, in the Sun Belt Championship. But we're going to have to tighten up the middle of that defense because the, the seven-yard runs up the middle, them some hard punches to the face. You got Well, <clears throat> you got to improve the run defense. There's no question about it. Um, Arkansas State is not – like they're averaging a little over a hundred a game, which is pretty low, all things considered, when you compare it to the rest of the Sun Belt. Arkansas State's a team that likes to throw it a lot more. They're averaging three hundred and fifty-five through the air. So opponent wise, Cajuns are giving up a buck ninety-four a game on the ground, but that's not something Arkansas State necessarily it's not you wouldn't list that as one of their strengths. So I think the the matchup really lines up nicely for the Cajuns here. They're at home. I just I want to see him. It's it's hard to have the perfect game that rarely happens ever, but as Coach Napier said, we we still haven't come close to playing our full potential. I think we think about what we could be, and that's exciting. But we just haven't we haven't got there yet. I also think Norm, it's it's worth noting, you go get a win on the road, double digits, and the locker wasn't celebratory at all. No, they're all, all the like penalties. this is yeah. this is. I mean, we turned it over four times. Like we if we had been. They didn't want to call out Texas State because they're classy, but they had been playing a decent team. You lose when you no, turn it 100%. over four times and you give up, you know, two hundred plus rushing yards, and you have when you look at the penalties of I think one hundred and twenty one yards total given up, you lose um, the DPIs, the penalties, all that. The DPIs are concerning when you're looking at a team like Arkansas State that likes to throw it as much as they do. So clean up that aspect of the game, and I think. Look, I think the Cajuns are winning here. Are they going to cover? I don't know. I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and give betting advice, but I think they're going to win this game here, um, and then just really be in full control of the, of, of the Western Division and the Sun Belt. And I, I agree with you. I just, you know, I'm just scared about that middle of the defense. I just hope hope, hope they get tied up. All right. Who's going to be the MVP of the game? Regus was MVP last That's why I was, I'm 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 torn in between Regus and Elijah Mitchell. Like I'm 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 torn because I just feel like we're gonna keep grounding and pounding us. It's just like man, Regus watching the game we, last week, it was like he was he was he was giving blows out to them guys. I was feeling bad for him. I'm like, bro, I'm looking at this newspaper clip like this is a big boy. I I, I would not <laughs> want to tackle him. I would not. I asked him after the game. I was like, when you get in the open field and you see a single defender, do you try to initiate contact or avoid it? And he's like, it just depends on the situation. And in my mind, I'm like, yeah, but it seems like the situation is always you saying, boom, let me, let me come here. Get over here. So, uh, I mean, he is a punishing runner. And you know he he reminds me so much of Marshawn Lynch, you know, in the style of running and his his tenacity. Um, different, different personality, though. Oh, no, totally <laughs> very different, different. Very person. different personality. Totally different personality. But I'm I'm. It's going to either be. I think it'll probably be Mitchell. It seems like one of those guys kind of get their number called, and one gets more each game. It feels like a Mitchell game passing going to be utilized a little bit more. If it's 
Lewis or if it's, you know, a receiver that has a big game, but like I don't think it's ever going to be a receiver in a game because they're going to it's going to be a different guy each week. That's how I feel about it. Uh, well, the younger hitting. guys are coming along. I was about to say, um, Aaron Lacy, Lacy, Fleming, Errol Rodgers this weekend. Uh, he's 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 big time. I talked to um, Jaluk, Coach Jaluk, and he has he has big 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 great things to say about Lacy, and he says he's going to be a stud. He's going to be playing on Sunday, so like you say, they're coming along, and I I expect a lot from him just because. Of all the people I've talked to about the younger players, remember I told you about Chris Smith before he played. I'm saying going forward, he might be the one to watch. How many carries do you think he gets offensively this week after fumbling twice last week? Chris Smith? When you have two other stud running backs in the staple, you don't now you you at the back of the doghouse. You know, and it's like when you have three good, it's, it's already hard to split it up, but now but I mean, it's pretty much an easy decision. We'd be okay. We're gonna we're gonna give you maybe like six to to ten carries, but now you might get four. Yeah, it, it's now if you look at the depth chart, which came out last night, which isn't there's nothing really of note. Everyone looks everything looks normal yeah. on it. No, typically this year we look at it and we're like, okay, who's not on this thing at all? And oh, it must be COVID related. Um, so that's that's good news. Elijah Mitchell. Trey Regis or Chris Smith. That's what it looks like on the depth chart. It's not a double or. Um, so I, yeah. I think he's still he's still going to be returning kicks, bro. Oh, absolutely yeah. no, and and he's still going to get some carries. But I, I I just I'm I'm anxious to see how many offensive touches he gets in the backfield after putting it on the ground twice. Uh, we'll see what happens. But on that note. He's look. He's a really good player. You mentioned Coach Jaluk. How good is he, man? Man, running what? back coach Jabbar Jaluk. I mean, he's a recruiting warrior, from what I hear. I hear all the kids, you know, especially in Louisiana, coming from New Orleans. They 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 love him, and I'm glad the Cajuns got him. Me too. That was a big hire. I remember the day it was announced. Um, I saw his wife walking around the facility, and uh, it's like, Coach, happy to be here. She's like. Very much, very much. Because he had been in Lubbock the year before, and like we we were really excited to be here. Um, he thinks they got something special here. And now, a few years later, you look at, you know, the running backs that have come through here, the job he's done. He's uh, that that really just Coach Napier. That staff that the department has allowed him to bring in. Uh, you had to. Look, you had to you had to pay for it, mm-hmm. but it cost money to make but thing, to, yeah. to to President Savoie, Doctor Mag, and everything else. I think and Coach Napier has consistently pointed that out. In terms of staff, it's not just this year; just since Napier's gotten here, as a whole, hands down, the best coaching staff as a whole that they've ever had in program history, and that's that pays big dividends right now. And and just look, think about Savoie with going with the the good staff that with HUD. And then going to Napier, almost what getting on like ten years of good football for the Cajuns, almost. Yeah, yeah, a couple of Down couple seasons. of blips here and there uh, in the HUD era, but it did it did feel like look that was that was trending that was trending down, um, and Napier came in I think at the right time, and we'll see, man. I know my from what I've experienced in college and uh, being Lafayette from two thousand ten to twenty. Is a lot different from other Cajuns fans' experience from 2000 to 2010. 
That's, that's, that's the, the the biggest takeaway I can I can take from it. 36 after the hour of 7 o'clock, ESPN 1420.com. Scott Prather, Norman Locke coming to you from the Roofing Louisiana ESPN 1420 studio. <sighs> Is LSU going to get it here? They're gonna, they're gonna. How many wins are they gonna get this year? <sighs> they have Florida. That's got to be rescheduled. They got Alabama still. They got Georgia still. No, they don't have Georgia. They have A and M. They have ranked. They've got uh, Ole Miss. They could beat Ole Miss. Can they? They could beat. I think they could beat Ole Miss. I mean, I think that's the did. only. Who else they got? That's it. Yeah, I don't. Uh, Ole Miss, Arkansas are the two games that you look at and you're like, okay. Maybe they can beat them. But I think everyone looked at Missouri the same way. Mississippi State has had two games where they haven't even scored this year. They haven't won a game since week one. I get that LSU lost a lot of players, and I get that. But this whole thing of, well, COVID and, and a lot of new players. well, Everybody's they, doing Yeah, and they do have a lot of new players, and you didn't have your typical offseason. But you still should be. I get it if you're losing to Alabama. I get it. Yes, you lost to Alabama. You got all these new players. You lost all these guys to the NFL. I get it if you lose to a team in the top ten like a Florida or an A&M. Losing to Missouri, who had a lot of players out to COVID. Losing to Mississippi State now, Missouri the way you just did. came off a, it came off a big win. So they that, that one is – I'm putting a big asterisk on that one because they just had came off a big win. They was feeling it. I, I, I don't – I just – I thought this team would be 6-4. and four. There's no way they're going 6 – before the season. Yeah. There's no way they're going six and four now. No, I, I mean I, to to get to to get to 500, you got to beat Arkansas, who's improving. You got to beat Ole Miss, who's got an awful defense, but a really good offense. What's been LSU's biggest issue this year? Defense. Yeah, and then you're going to get a win over a, an A and M or a Florida. They're not winning against Florida. How, that many, was games, the- <laughs> how many games is LSU going to win this year? I, I, At I, this point, I think that they can beat Ole Miss and Arkansas. That's so, they're going, so they're going four and six. Four and six. And this is bad. Like, you know, I get it. I go on Sundays and I go in. I start off with my Cajuns, congratulations. Then I go right into LSU slander. And then it's always, we're coming off the greatest, the arguably the greatest season in college football history. Okay. That was this. That was earlier this year. Now we now now we at the bottom of the year. They are, and 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 the, you, you know nothing could ever take that away. Right. And, and we all expected a dip this year, not this big of a dip. No. This is now it's looking like this, this was too a, much. Last year was kind of a a one off spectacular. No, that, that's that's too that's too early to call. I, I think that's unfair to call that <gasps> six games into the next season. You can. You can have a awful season next year. Now, look, you put together, they'll get back to twelve games next year, mm-hmm. expecting to. Who right. knows what the world will look like? You know, you start getting a couple of wins that are against you know non-conference wins. But if you're if you're around five hundred, you know, six and six, five and seven, seven and five, you do that for a few years. I think we can look at it and say, okay, yeah, that was a. Uh, that was a magical year where everything came together, but it was not sustainable. When you look at these recruiting classes that LSU's having that are highly ranked, you look at um So you so you're saying if if they don't get back to winning ten games, eleven games. You need of, to at least be a perennial top fifteen team if you're gonna be LSU and you're gonna have the coaching staff paid the way they are, okay. the recruiting classes ranked the way they are. You need to get. I mean that that's the standard, right? Yeah. Is the standard even pre 
2019 is the standard at LSU not perennial. I mean, they they say the, perennial it was top, top ten. It was, yeah, it was like, top ten. Yeah, it was yeah, top like 10. that. You're you're nowhere close to that. Now, top I'm, ten would have lost to Alabama. I'm not going <laughs> to throw that. I'm not going to throw that out after you know one horrific season that you're going through right now. That is odd in a lot of ways. I'm also not going to excuse the season, but I'm not ready to say, oh, it was one and it's done. It's never coming back. Let's wait and see. Two three years from now, though, let's see. Let's see where they are. Are they back to at least? what they were pre-2019 next year. And if they are, I think you can work with that and then wait for one of those great seasons again. But if losing to Mississippi State and Missouri, <laughs> and that's that just – that defense – I mean, it wasn't just that you lost to Auburn. It was how you lost to It's Auburn. how they lost and all Auburn's these games. And Auburn's not good. It's, it's all these games. It's, that's – 269 269-1077. Phone lines are open. Let's open them up. Let's go to him, rather. Uh, 269-1077. Welcome into the Great Scott Show. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome into the show. Go ahead. Hey, good morning, guys. Um, how much of this goes back to coaching for LSU? You look at Alabama, you look at Clemson. Whenever they have great season and win national championships, the next year they're just as good. So how much of this is, is, is on O and that coaching staff? I think a lot of it. I mean, Bo Pelini's getting paid $2.3 million. Here's the thing about Saban, and, and well, I'll say Saban's, because at Clemson, Dabo Sweeney, they don't have as much coaching turnover as they do at Alabama. They have a lot of coaching turnover at Alabama. He won't, they, and they're, 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 still, they're still really good. Like, I think the best coaches in college football do a great job, head coaches, do a great job of coaching coaches. Well, po- poaching coaches, but also coaching coaches, like to 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 go through as many different ones as like I I think Saban stays on top of his coaching staff so much, and I think he coaches them maybe even more than he coaches his players, and then the staff coaches the players. I know I'm not I know Saban. I can't speak for all uh, coaches and facilities. I know Saban is running a coaching workshop out of the. Just because of the play, like you say, the players are so prepared, and to keep those players on tee prepared, Correct. them coaches not sleeping either. We're talking about a staff, and we, you know, from a Sunbelt standpoint, we're talking about the, the staff that Napier has, and yeah. it being one of the better complete staffs in G five. But you've got a your head coach coaches the staff as much as he coaches the players. It's not like he's tied to one positional group, right? He's no, just he's, let's let's get everyone. The how is the staff getting everyone prepared? I think there is a clear disconnect because it's not. I get I, again. I get it. LSU lost a lot of players, right? On paper, do they still not have really talented players? Not on defense. I see. I, I don't. I don't. I, I think some of those. I think a lot of those guys are going to the NFL. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of those guys will be playing in the NFL on the defense. Yeah. Like if we look at the roster, maybe not next year because they're young, but I think a lot of those guys will be playing in the NFL. I'm gonna say from the defense that they my have opinion. right yeah. now, maybe maybe three of those guys can go to the NFL. I'm gonna say three. So you think everyone on LSU defensively, only three players will be in the NFL? The roster this season, I think three. <sighs> I don't agree with that, man. I mean, I first of all, you you don't you don't think a lot of these young guys could end up developing and. Turning into really good players, I think a lot might end up transferring too. Just you don't think you don't think Near Farrell will play or Glenn Logan will play in the NFL at all? 
I get that they're not going to be first-round picks. Like, you don't think Jabril Cox is going to be playing in the NFL next year? We know Derek Stingley. That's the easy one. That's the easy one. Um, like, Eli Ricks is just a freshman. The, 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 what's... Like, what's Jacoby the, Stevens. You don't think he's going to be playing in the NFL at all? Jacoby Stevens, Stingley, and it's another corner. I think that's a freshman. Coat, coat. Eli Ricks? Uh, what's, is that number 31? Is yeah. That, yeah. Or no, he's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's number 31, yeah. Yeah, so that's 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 my three right now. Just because right now, I mean. Maybe he's number the, one. On the defensive line, I mean, I, I don't remember. When's the last defensive lineman that's been drafted from LSU or that really contributed if he did get drafted? Off the top of my head, I don't know, but they've got guys from an LSU D-line currently playing in the NFL. From last season? Last couple Mahoko's seasons? playing for the Chargers, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, that's a... Playing in the NFL, that's my point. Like, my point is they've got more talent than these teams that they're – some of these teams that they have lost to and lost badly to. The caller was asking how much of this on coaching. I think a lot of it's on coaching this year. Well, I, I, I don't think I don't think you can look at LSU and them giving up 45 to Mizzou or giving up 44 to Mississippi State, who has who's gone two games this year where they haven't – scored an offensive touchdown and say, oh, yeah, that's just on the talent. I can't Ryan, do that. If you if Ryan Clark, I know a lot of people was upset uh, on Reddit and online when he came out and said that the coaching staff lost the players when it came down to that march that they put together. And a lot of reports came out refuting it. But the, the day after, I want to say it was that's when Jamar Chase – say that he was leaving LSU. So it's like, you know, was that one of the underlying factors to have the season not start off the way that they wanted it to? Was that a big distraction going into football season along with COVID? It's a, it's a lot of things that, that uh, could fall on the coaching staff or just the season in general. Defensive tackle Rashard Lawrence drafted in the fourth round last year, playing on the Cardinals right now. Defensive tackle. Um before that, is he playing? He's in the NFL. Oh yeah, okay. he's in the NFL. I mean, he, yes, he's in the NFL. He's playing for the. I mean, I. But my point, I, ne- I never suggested that they have all these guys that are going to be stars or be good. They just but, to, get but to go to the NFL, I mean, there's a lot of defenses. Again, comparing it to the to the Mississippi States, the Mizzou's, and stuff like well, that. I just don't necessarily want to say just because they're on LSU's team and they get drafted, they're, they're good. The if bad you play, players if you play drafted. in the if you play in the NFL if you have NFL talent and your opponent doesn't have a ton of NFL talent then I'm going to look at the coaching staff and say you you could do better you've got more to work with that, I agree. I, that that's I agree. my point okay, okay. Uh, ben, like so most recently to your point Arden Key yeah because it's like all Arden these... Key in 2018 was drafted he's a DN uh, Davin Godshaw in 2017 he's playing for the Dolphins you've had some guys but D lineman. They you have, haven't had as many as you have in terms of DBs and linebackers going recently. Yeah, you know that's so that's, that's that's how I look at it. Like you, you could be a bad player and get drafted. Like you could have some, you know, like bad players get drafted all the time. So I was, I was, that's just how I was looking at. Um, you saying uh, they're gonna be players from LSU to get drafted? It will be. Let's they're see. Fahoko didn't get drafted. Let me see if he is currently. I know he's on the uh, the Chargers. I just don't know if he's on the practice squad or on the actual roster right now. But they've got guys, man. I mean, they. I don't think it's. I think when you play in Alabama, I think when you're going to play a Florida and AM, I think 
this year, not last year. I think this year there is a talent discrepancy for sure. But I also think there's a talent discrepancy when you're playing a Mizzou or a Mississippi State and some of the teams that they've looked really, really bad against. I told you about the Mizzou. I told you they was coming off a, a, a win. They smoked blood. They say they felt like they could win. 48 after the hour, ESPN 1420. I appreciate the call from the listener. We're going to take a quick break when we come back. <sighs> Drew Holiday, what would a trade look like, and is it the right move for the Pelicans to put them on the trading block, even though David Griffin can use a lot of different wording to say they technically aren't, but they are, but it's not what everyone else says it is. At the end of the day, Drew Holiday is going to get traded this offseason. Yeah, once um, everybody started, not everybody, but once a lot of broadcasters and analysts started saying that uh, they can confirm sources, that's when I start believing it. Not just people like Norman just getting on in there with the trade machine. <laughs> just spitting out, oh, it, uh, it got accepted, so it must work. Does it make sense? We'll analyze next, ESPN1420.com. A smile is a universal sign of kindness, and right now we could all use a little more kindness in the world. This is Ashton at Acadian Orthodontics, and smiles are our specialty. Dr. David Guidry and Dr. Doug Ore offer our patients professional and dedicated orthodontic care using the most up-to-date technology. Our consultations are always free, and we offer custom financing plans to help you achieve your best smile ever. To schedule your consultation, give us a call at 232-2012 or visit online at AcadianOrthodontics.com. Acadian Orthodontics, we love making Acadian a smile. Charlie's management team is currently a team of one. Yeah, I got I got a meeting, but uh, you keep up the good work. Can you fix that display for me? Did Steve show up today? It's time to hire. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. The moment you sponsor a job on Indeed, you get a short list of quality candidates from our resume database. Indeed delivers two and a half times more hires than the other branded job sites combined, according to Breezy HR 2019. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get a $75 credit for your first job post. Terms and conditions apply. Does learning a language feel like this? No habla espanol. Hablo. It's hablo? Yes. It's hablo. <laughs> Bom dia. Like, good, good day, good morning, I think. I can say, je m'appelle David, but that's probably it. When you learn a language, you want to actually use it. Babbel is designed with that goal in mind. This year is my year to get fluent in Spanish, and Babbel is definitely going to help me do that. The app is so easy to use, and it's so practical. It helps you learn things that you will actually need. Since my husband is from Guatemala, I'll apply what I've learned in Babbel to our real-life situations. I've tried other language learning apps and nothing really stuck. Babbel's been a complete game-changer for me. Hoy es miércoles y el clima está muy bueno afuera. Estoy con fome. Yo no tomé café de mañana. Je suis des Etats-Unis et du vient too. Babbel, language for life. Celebrating 10 million subscriptions sold. Now try Babbel for free at Babbel.com. Just go to Babbel.com and start learning a new language today. That's Babbel.com. B-A-B-B-E-L.com. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has pre-diabetes, with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has prediabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. (gasps) 
Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke anime Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Excuse me, I know you have a nine o'clock, so I'll keep this short. I'm the business suit in the back of your closet. You wore me nearly every day before your office went, quote, casual. I used to be the CEO of your closet. Now I'm just that one intern no one ever talks to. I always thought you'd circle back with me, get granular, keep me in the pipeline. But nada, nothing. Don't you remember the McKittrick presentation? You spilled coffee on me and I still looked amazing during the breakout talkback Q&A. So I think it's time for me to move on. I've got a great resume and I absolutely crush it in interviews, okay? Let's make this a clean break. Shift the paradigm. The only thing I ask is that you think outside the box here and do this. Take me to Goodwill, where I can really make a difference. Your donations to Goodwill create new jobs, training programs, and education assistance for people in your community. To find your nearest donation center, go to goodwill.org. Donate stuff. Create jobs. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. This is Louisiana Raging Cajun head baseball coach Matt Deggs, and you're listening to the flagship station for UL Sports, ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and ESPN 1420. That. It's the Great Scott Show. Somebody call her, that's terrible. She can't only think that. Stop catching otters that talk. Yeah. Whatever it stands for, it's Scott Prather on ESPN 1420. Yeah. She said I was. Into the Great Scott Show. You like Billy Ocean, Norm? I like that song. I was, I was waiting for you to go, who? I know, I know who Billy Ocean is. I like that song. It's a good one, right? Yeah, it's a good one. It's classic. Do you, do you say Caribbean or Caribbean or Caribbean? Only Billy Ocean says Caribbean. Only Billy Ocean says Caribbean. When you sing in the song. Like, do you say Pirates of the Caribbean or Pirates of the Caribbean? See now you're giving me. See that's like, how do you say it? I, mean, I just it's three question. pronunciations. Yeah, but how does Norm pronounce it? If I'm talking about the movie, it's the Pirates of the Caribbean. But if you're going on vacation, you're going to the Caribbean. I'm going to the Caribbean. You know what? I do the same thing. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, thing. it's different. It's, it's totally different pronunciations. Drew Holiday, where is he going to be going next season? The New Orleans Pelicans point guard. Um. Fan favorite, people that actually follow this team consistently and and root for it, they love Drew Holiday. They, yeah, they know what Drew means to New Orleans and and what New Orleans means to Drew because he didn't. I mean, I could I could say it because back then I was a six. I, I was following the Sixers. He didn't really like the Sixers. He didn't like Philadelphia. He didn't like New Orleans until he moved there. He admitted it. He's like, look, when I and he actually lived in. Ruston, Louisiana, yeah. for a few years as a kid. Uh, he's not just a Cali kid, but Ruston and New Orleans are two very different Louisianas, right? Uh, he's like, look, I'll be honest. When I, when I was on the Sixers and we would travel, I thought New Orleans was kind of trash. He's like, but we weren't there long. We stayed 
in the quarter, and guys just went to Bourbon Street, and that was it. And he's like, did. once I moved here, I saw you know the rest of the city, and I and I, it's it's a really cool place. Um, teams have been trying to trade for Drew for a while, and he ha- he's kind of been off limits, but. Why wouldn't he be? He had a good contract based on his production. He was early in the contract business, right? Now you've got Brandon Ingram, who's going to receive a max offer sheet this offseason. You've got Zion Williamson. You do have a veteran there in J.J. Redick, who's not as productive on the floor as Drew Holiday, but in terms of that veteran in the locker room who has already played for Stan Van Gundy and who has, I think we can agree, J.J. has the respect to that locker room as a veteran. So Drew's got two years left on his deal, Norm, but the second year is a player option. And he's likely going to be entering free agency unless he at either 31 or if he opts into the final year of his deal, which is a possibility because the cap's going to go down at 32. Do you commit additional years to him beyond 32 years old, or do you look at your current roster and say, Look, his stock's never going to be higher. And because he has a good contract with a year or potentially two left on it, contenders aren't going to be able to spend as much as they typically do because the cap's going down. They're going to be looking for this guy. What's the play here? How good does the deal have to be? I, You know, I, I'm right now I'm on my phone on the trade machine. And I was just thinking, you know, Golden State is looking to upgrade too. Could we wrestle away a pick? The second overall pick? For Drew Holiday and maybe Andrew Wiggins? Or, I I mean, I don't want Andrew Wiggins, but I know that they wouldn't. Andrew Wiggins will have to go somewhere in that trade. But can we wrestle away the second second pick for Drew Holiday? It's possible. And and that's, that's the trade I'm looking for. Because then we could get Wiseman, and then now I feel like the offense is complete. Denver has wanted Drew for a while. Denver was – they were pretty good in the playoffs, yeah. right? I mean, they they, they 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 were feisty, but they say there's no way we're trading Michael Porter Jr. Well, they would love to pair Drew Holiday with Jamal Murray, but outside of Michael Porter Jr., who they claim is untouchable, who's going to anchor that deal? I don't want nobody else. Like, who's going to anchor that deal? I don't, I don't know. I don't want anybody else. (laughs) How much does the Pelicans front office value this draft? I think that's a big question. Um, You've got a lot of picks to work with, the the, the Pelicans do, current and future. But you can't just, in the NBA, you can't just draft a bunch of players. I mean, first of all, second rounders rarely make the team to begin with. You can't just have all these young guys on the roster. You've got to do, you have to have all these picks and use them to acquire other pieces. And most of these players. You don't get to see. You didn't get to see a full basketball season from him. I know that they're that they want to get to the playoffs next year, and I get it. But building a sustainable future around Zion Williamson is the key. I mean, he's going to be under team control for the majority of this next decade. You're going to have Ingram probably for the next four years for sure, because he's you know they're going to offer him a max deal. I don't know, man. Like, I, I, I actually see it both ways because if the assumption for a while, Norm, is, well, this is the last year for Holiday because he'll opt out. But with the cap going down, that might not happen. So you could potentially have him for another two years and he makes this team better, does he not? Like, it, it has – his stock 
is probably as high as it's ever going to be on the trade block, but you have to get really good return. I'm, I mean, it's, David that's, Griffin's, that's in, a, David Griffin's in a good spot. And I I know from a, the human standpoint, he had this you know statement yesterday in a Q&A talking about Drew and Lauren and how they always listen to trades and how they mean so much to the franchise. That is all word for we're going to take an offer from the highest bidder. That's how I read that. And I'm I'm okay with that. I just I want a veteran player who's going to hold the young guys accountable, and I want a young piece that can grow with our young pieces. That's how I look at the terms the the stock for Drew Holiday with the Pelicans. We could get a veteran leader who's going to command this team because JJ Riddick's probably going to be going too. Well, we, he's got one year left on his deal, and he's older. Yeah, so you know, so so you want a veteran that's going to be there a little bit longer. I wouldn't long enough to teach B.I. and Zion how to be the leaders on the team. So whether that's one year or two years, you can't see a, a you know a vet staying longer than two years. Uh, you could get Dal Van Gundy's there. You might get an extra year out of Reddick. You you might you might, but I, you know our biggest thing is when we saw in the bubble the Pelicans wasn't hold holding holding each other accountable. No. So we want that guy to come in and be like, okay, whether it's a you know, nine times out of ten, it's your big man. You want a, I want a veteran big man to come in and come teach, you know. Long enough until Zion can then be the voice in the locker room. Correct. And teach him to take care of his body. Teach him how to, you know, um, uh, stay in control when he's in offense um, with when when Bi teach him to be a little bit more aggressive when Zion comes out the ball game or, or if Zion's in trouble, you know, and then with Lazon with with Lonzo, we just need we need somebody in his ear at all times. <laughs> Stan Van Gundy said our culture is going to be with the best players on the team decide it's going to be. That's that's code for we need Ingram or Zion to be the future voice and basically the guy that is running this locker room. Brandon Ingram's awesome. He's an all-star. Of those two, he does not seem to have, to me, Norm, the personality of I'm going to be this alpha that's yelling and getting in everybody's face and making sure that they're held accountable all the time. I think it's got to be Zion, but he's still too young right now to take that torch. So to your point, you need a guy that can at least carry them far enough to where it's, okay, now he has the full command of this locker room and he's setting the standard and everyone else has to basically live up to it. And and it got to be a, a player with either some jewelry or high-accomplished accolades. And maybe you get that via free agency and you it's not part of the trade package. Right, I don't right. know. Chris Levert's another name that's been tossed out there. I think folks like the idea of Brooklyn pairing – Drew alongside Kyrie Irving because he's not a ball dominant guard like Kyrie is, and he's going to bring some defense there. But that I don't like the trade for us on the Pelican side. Like I like Chris Levert. You need some more pieces. Yeah, like pieces. Allen and Levert and and Tish and Prince don't get me up in the morning. All right. <laughs> so final question on this, Norm, to you. I, I want odds. What what percentage odds that that Drew's in a Pelicans uniform when the season tips off? Shoot next month at some point in December or uh or he's somewhere else. Um, I'm gonna say eighty percent. Gone. Eighty percent gone. Yeah, because I at first they say the the season was gonna start around Christmas. I, I think that's gonna start a little later. Um I think they're gonna find a trade partner. I think he's gone. Don't go anywhere when we come back. You know, we, we hadn't actually talked Saints Bucks yet. You already know who Norm's picking in that game.
I played it on Madden. I got some interesting takes. I told you Madden never lie. Yeah, your takes this year hadn't exactly been spot on. Madden, how about them? Madden. How, yeah. no, not, not, I say Madden. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah. Madden, my Madden takes have been spot on. Your Madden takes. My Madden takes. I love takes. how you have all these loopholes. I, well, we, when we first got on well, air. You, I, you've had like one Madden take. What was it? I don't even remember. About the Cardinals. And, and the was take two. was that what? Was that what? Cardinals were going to be really good this year. Are they really good? Well, I mean, are they a contender? Yeah, they're a contender. No, they're not. They, 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 they might be in the playoffs. They're not a contender in the NFC. You mean contender for the Super Bowl? Yeah. If you do, you count Seattle as a contender? Yes, I or think there are four I, teams in the NFC that can contend. I think there's two in the AFC that can I got to put the Cardinals because the Cardinals just beat beat the, beat, the, beat the Seahawks, and the Seahawks defense is horrible. You think that you think the the, the Cardinals could get to the Super Bowl? If the Seattle Seahawks, if you feel like the Seattle Seahawks, I'm asking you, do you uh, between? I know that they beat them, Norm. I mm-hmm. get it, but between Seattle and Arizona, if I asked you to spend hard-earned money, all right, you have to place a bet on one of these teams right now to get to the Super Bowl in the NFC. Who are you placing? It I'm more confident in the Cardinals. That the Seattle Seahawks defense is, is atrocious. You, you think you think the Cardinals have a better shot at getting to the Super Bowl than Seattle? Yes, I get that Seattle secondary is bad. It's bad. I get it. Well, I, I, I feel like they're a better team. They are a better team now. Russell Wilson is playing MVP level. Russell Wilson is the better quarterback of the two, but the better team today. Going with the Cardinals. No. We got a lot more to discuss. Don't go anywhere. The Great Scott Show continues. We're back in one minute on ESPN fourteen twenty. Since 1929, Macro Companies has dedicated itself to becoming a leader in fuel and commercial transportation, specializing in petroleum transportation, emergency fuel, and environmental remediation services. Macro prides itself on being the largest emergency fuel provider in the country with specialized equipment to meet any and all fueling needs following a disaster. By combining experienced personnel with excellent equipment and the latest technology, Macro has built a reputation unmatched in the industry. Macro Companies is a proud supporter of UL Raging Cajun's athletic broadcast. Other banks charge fees on savings and checking accounts. Doesn't sound good, does it? Capital One reimagined banking. So it sounds more like this. With Capital One, you can open an account with no fees or minimums in five minutes. Get started now at a Capital One location or online. Sound good to you? This is banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? For consumers only. Approval required. Offered by Capital One and a member FDIC. Copyright 2018 Capital One. ESPN 1420. KPEL. Lafayette. A Town Square media station. ESPN 1420N.com. Because there are no free agent sports fans. Great Scott! The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the Great Scott Show, the champion. With Scott Prather. Steal the show. On ESPN 1420 and ESPN1420.com. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show, number two. Hello, everybody. I'm Scott Prather, Norman Locke, sitting across from me, host of the Morning Lock-In. Book it. Sunday mornings, 8 a.m. Don't miss it. Yes, sir. At the homecoming. It's going to be up. Gary Broadhead, Rage Occasion Head Women's Basketball Coach, will be joining us at 8.45 this morning. The Rage Occasion uh, preseason, well, excuse me, 
the Sunbelt preseason women's poll will be coming out today. The uh, all-conference preseason teams announced yesterday. Ty Doucette was first team. Brandy Williams, third team. We look forward to talking to Coach Broadhead at 845 on the phone line. Speaking of the phone line, it's open at 269-1077. We're going to get into some NFL chat this hour. If you want to join the program, 269-1077. Said to the phone lines right now. Kick off the 8 o'clock hour with a call. Welcome in. Hello. Norm. Whoa. What's wrong with you, Norm? You're starting that stuff early this morning. What I didn't do. What I didn't do. What's wrong with you, man? What I did. You see, you do that on purpose, I think, just to get the people riled up and everything. You picking on Scott. You know Arizona ain't no contender right now. Now, don't get me wrong, they can get hot. You know, because you know, we've seen this before with teams, you know, nine and seven, get into the playoffs, eight and eight, like Giants. You know, they get hot and they can make a run and stuff like that. But I don't think right now, as of now, like Scott was saying, I don't think they're contenders, you know. I mean, I was just listening to you just now, and I said, that man gets just like his owner, Jerry Jones. He's delusional, oh, man. Now, hold on. Now, just this like one, Jerry this Jones. one I'm going to ask you. Why isn't the Cardinals contenders? Why Why not? Yeah. Because they're kind of young and not ready now, and uh, we don't know if Kyler going to take that next step yet. We'll find out once the playoffs start, if they make the playoffs. Like I said, it can get hot. You know, some teams, like I said, they can get hot and go on the run. They win three games. They have, they have the one, fans. they have one good win this season. Well, I'm, well hold you on, know? hold on, hold on, hold on, because we talked about this NFC West earlier, only beating up on the NFC East, mm-hmm. and I, I've been saying NFC that for, East, yeah. I've been saying that for two weeks about the entire division. But let's get back on the Cardinals. Why aren't the Cardinals? So the only That's reason why about. the they Cardinals got one good win this year? How many the Seahawks have? The Seahawks. Are a better team when you watch them. I'm the A. Hey, now nah, that's not fair. That's not fair. How is that not fair? Because in every game, even against the Cowboys, it took the last drive to beat the Cowboys. So it's like, what? Well, what is? No, what is no, the good win for the Seattle Seahawks? That's my new question. What's the good win? They probably have one or two as well. What's the one or two against what team? The Bear? What was it? The Bears or what team? I forgot when we looked up their schedule. So I I can't see how. <laughs> a lot more people are confident in the Seattle Seahawks. I understand if it's because of just Russell Wilson, but outside of yeah, Russell Wilson and outside of Russell Wilson and, and 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 DK Metcalf is a beast. He is a beast, but outside of that, the defense has given up more yards than my atrocious Cowboys. They've given up more yards than no. if Russell Wilson doesn't get the ball the last two minutes, the Seahawks lose games. They lose. So I'm sorry if I'm looking at this Cardinals team and looking like, okay, they're, they could trump this Seahawks team and be the number one team in the NFC West and win playoff games over this Seahawks team. I watched my Cowboys a year, two years ago, beat this Seahawks team. It hasn't been that many changes other than DK Metcalf to the Seahawks team. I'm not sold on this Seahawks team being championship contenders I'd rather take the Saints over the Seahawks team. The Saints are a contender. I think there's I'm four t- contenders yeah. in the NFC. Because the Saints' defense yeah. is better. Saints, Seahawks, Packers, and who? Uh, 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 the Saints, Seahawks. Kyle for no, Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, but I think, all I, think, four, I think all four have ha- – I said this yesterday on the show. I think all four ha- are vulnerable in certain areas. But of all yeah. four, who has the well, worst defense? The Seahawks. The Seahawks. Everybody looking at Tampa <laughs> Bay as, as a contender. And Tampa Bay has a great team. But let me tell you, Tampa Bay is not going to the Super Bowl. So y'all can forget that they're not going. 
No team is going to play the Super Bowl on their home turf. It's not happening. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah if Tom Brady's on the team, the NFL might just say, oh, come on. No, no. It ain't happening. A lot of weird things happen in Florida. Whatever they do, uh-huh. they can go 14-2, 13-3. But that first playoff game, I hope they get the bye. I hope they get the bye. Because that first playoff game, guess what? They're going home. They lose Sunday. So, I mean, they're not. They're, they're starting on the road in the playoffs. I'll just Whoever loses Good. Sunday. Yeah. yeah. Whoever loses Sunday is starting on the road. That's how big that game is Sunday night. No, y'all in a bad division. The Cowboys, the Eagles, Washington, England, the Giants. No, no, to call it bad, to the, call it bad is, is 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 being way too nice. You got to come up with a much stronger word than bad. Maybe you can't use it on okay. the radio, so maybe don't say it. Never mind. Um, dumpster poo poo. <laughs> that division is dumpster poo poo. Okay, dumpster poo poo. No, y'all could accidentally slip in the playoffs, get happen. in there with a six seven with Gucci Danucci. Now, now, now look. Now, look, no, check it out. If y'all make the playoffs, okay, y'all in, y'all are a division winner. Most likely, if y'all get in, because they have to take a division winner to win that division with six games. Now, if y'all get in, are y'all a contender? No. Y'all in the playoffs? No. With no. a home game, no. are y'all a contender? Zero. You know why? Because our defense is slightly better than the Seahawks. So, no. 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 Have a good no. day, no. <laughs> You just keep saying your name over and over. It's slightly better. The Cowboys defense is slightly better. I think we have like one more Good. turnover. Like Jamal Adams has went there, big blockbuster trade, <laughs> dumpster poo poo. Like it, I just, I, I, I just, I, I guess I watched the Cardinals lose to the Panthers. I know they lost to the Lions at home. The Saints almost lost to the Panthers. They didn't. They, they almost lost. To Did the they beat them? Yeah. They beat Did they beat the Lions too? Yeah. Okay. Almost. That's I don't know, it. man. I get. Look, you, your your point of them beating Seattle is is valid. I can't. I mean, no one can discount it. It happened. It happened. I just don't. I think. Have you been watching the games? I've been watching. Too, I think. I just. I don't. I think they're good. I think they're going to be in the playoffs. I do not think that they can get to the Super Bowl. That's my point about the Cardinals. Man, Hopkins is leading receivers in yards. Seattle, Seattle could give up uh, 200 points in the playoffs, but if Russell Wilson has the ball last, they could still win the game. Well, what's funny is. Against the Cardinals, he had it last, and he lost. I just don't know how you could trust him in the playoffs. A team that's been there before versus a team that's never been there. You know that plays as well. Right, right, right. Until it's time for that team to get on defense. <laughs> you know, so, so playoff experience means nothing in this. On offense, I mean, uh, playoff experience 1,000% matters. But if your defense is atrocious— all that goes out the window because you could be you could be ten year vet went to the playoff ten years in a row. You can't cover nobody. You can't get nice a sack. Get, be nice to get Jamal Adams back. He's supposed to come back this week. I hope. I hope he he been uh, smoking he's doobies. An, 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 <laughs> impact player, right? On in the run stopping, yeah. Because a pass defense, even when he was there, he was Will getting Jamal toasted. Jamal Adams help when he returns this week to a bad defense. I hope when an All Pro comes back to a bad defense. Isn't there slight improvement? I hope. You hope? Because M- Malcolm Jenkins was the all-pro. All right, here is, <laughs> here's here's the contenders. First of all, in the AFC, I got Pittsburgh, and I got Kansas City. Kansas City. Baltimore is just on the outside. I don't think they're a contender right now. I also say that if they were in the NFC, I would absolutely list them as a contender because I think Pittsburgh and Kansas City is light years ahead. Of e- even though Pittsburgh doesn't have a ton of great wins, Although their win against Baltimore was pretty good, yeah. um, I, I think I think Baltimore's good. I don't think Tennessee's a contender. Like I, I just I, when I look at those two teams, I'm like, 
who could beat them in the playoffs? You think Baltimore could beat Kansas City in a playoff game? No. I don't. So those are the two, and I also think they're better than the four contenders in the NFC because the contenders in the NFC have more deficiencies. Saints, Bucks, Packers, and the Seahawks. Those are my four contenders. Now, contenders on the AFC, I'm going to add the Tennessee Titans. Now, the reason why I'm going to add the Titans is because I think in their in the playoff style, they their team is built for the playoffs, of, of playing games in the playoffs. They run well. They control the clock. They don't turn over the ball a lot. Their defense is okay. Their defense is above, maybe above okay. Slightly overrated. And I went. I, I didn't go to great. Or that's why I, I don't want. You have thirty-one over, of the Bengals, and that, that's what I mean. Joe Burrow's been tossing the pill. I don't know. That's, that's why I say it's gave up thirty-six to the Texans. It's slightly okay. Gave up thirty to the Jags. It's slightly. To the it's, Jags. It's, okay. it's better than okay. Thirty to the Vikings. It's better than okay. Vikings mm. just hung a hung hung four touchdowns rushing on the the Packers. Yeah. So I can't look that bad at them. So uh, uh, slightly above okay. So. Can. Then on the outside looking in, I got the Ravens and the Bills. I think you have to win. You have to be able to win in multiple ways as an offense. And, and I've I just seen don't the, think Tennessee can do it. I've seen the Titans do it. I've seen them come back and win. Against who? The Bills. They didn't come back. They won like 42-16. to 16. What game they, did they, they come they back? Rolled. Who did they play when they came the back? The Texans. The Texans, I'm sorry. The Texans. How many, game, how many games have the Texans won? The Sean Watson All Pro. One. One game. Is he all pro? No, he's not. He's a pro bowler. He's not an all pro. Uh, no. One game and they beat the Jags. No, the Texans. You can't look at a, a – the Texans are really bad. You can't look at a, a comeback win against the Texans and think, okay, Tennessee's – You said that they have to – Tennessee's good. Baltimore's good. They're just not contenders. In the, and you think Tennessee can be Kansas See, City this, in the playoffs. This, this is where I be – this is where I be getting upset with, with people who like the Saints. Because it's like they break down everybody else's wins, and then when you put up their type of wins, it's like, did we win? Did we win, though? I'm like, well, okay, well, you you know, Chargers isn't a good team, and Chargers— Saints could very well be 2-5 and five right now, easily. I, I, I'm not denying that. I'm just saying— Saints you know, could easily be 2-5 and five right now. You they said have, that a good team finds ways to win differently, and I'm giving you different ways that teams is winning, and it's like, it's like oh, well, it was against this. It was against that. Right, let me ask you something. If if you're down in a game and you need a quarterback to bring you back because you're down, okay. Drew Brees or Ryan Tannehill? Drew Brees. Okay. Tennessee's the way that they win because you talk about in but, the playoffs. Now you're let me good teams. hold on. Now sub it out because I, I hate to say it, but if you've been looking at it, Lamar Jackson or Ryan Tannehill? If you're down, I see this. But, but that but that's that right there is part of the reason I don't. Look at either. I think they're both really good teams. They could even play in an AFC championship. I don't think they're going to the Super Bowl. And the, the tiebreaker of those two teams is Derrick Henry. And, That's how I look at okay, it. Okay, but if Kansas City and Pittsburgh were in the NFC, I would not list those four teams I listed as contenders. I just It's got to be someone in the NFC, right? I oh, mean, yeah. somebody has to get to the Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah, no, no. In the NFC, I have Bucks, Saints, Packers. Tampa Bay. Yeah. Oh, I'm but, sorry. And, 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 and Arizona. And Arizona. So the only difference we have is you have Arizona and, and I have Seattle. So we're not that that far off in terms of Because there's nobody else in the NFC I can uh, – the offensive woes in the rest of the NFC teams the won't NFC be able to The NFC playoffs are going to be wild. They're going to be wild, dude. It's going to be top-heavy. Seven 
Te- uh, yeah, but all but the, even the contenders we listed all have a, a big deficiency somewhere. Well, yeah, yeah. So you catch them on a on a on a bad Sunday and it's one and done. You're you're finished. Like I don't like what the matchups that don't want to happen is like you said. It's going to come down this Sunday between the Bucks and the Saints because the Saints don't want to have to see. A, a Cardinals or a Seattle team in the first round, or maybe even a Packers team. If the, you know the Packers be slipping up, like, I didn't expect them to lose to the Vikings. If Taysom Hill doesn't fumble, there's a good chance the Saints beat the Packers, but they didn't. It, they did. They lost by ten, and uh, and since then they've been narrowly, narrowly winning games. Because that's a tough. Like imagine having to go and having to play Green Bay, Tampa Bay Saints to get to the, to get to the to get to the, the Super Bowl. ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com. Scott Prey, the Norman Lock. Coming up in uh, eight at eight forty five, we will visit with Rage Occasional Women's Basketball Coach Gary Broadhead. So this game this Sunday going to be the highest rated game of the NFL season. Got to be right of the regular season. Yeah, yeah. I mean to this point. Yeah, because yeah, the, the Saints Bucks Week One was like was Buku ratings. One. Now yeah. you've got Brady one touchdown pass ahead of Breeze on the all time record. He has played one more game this season. So NBC exe- NBC execs are aroused right now just thinking <laughs> about this game. You've got Antonio Brown's first his re debut. Michael Thomas probably going to have his first game back since Week One, and. The fact that he got punched by a guy that Mike Evans the fact and that he Marshawn. punched a guy that also got punched last week in a game in the like they have so many built-in stories. Oh, and on top of that, battle for first place, potentially a one seed, certainly the division. You want to play a playoff game at home, you gotta win this. And then who's your backup quarterback? The former quarterback of the other just, opposite team. The, like, fact, <laughs> the fact that that's like storyline E this week just tells you what you need to know about this matchup, right? Mike Evans and Marshawn Lattimore hate each other. That's, that's like, always a fight. Yeah. CJ Gardner Johnson, man. He, thing is, if you look at him, he some people just have a punchable face. <laughs> so they do. He has he a doesn't. Matt Ryan face. No, no, he doesn't. He, he does not have a punchable face. He doesn't. He has a he looks, you know. Good kudos to him for that. But man, does he get under did you people's see, skin? Holy did you cow. see like the the thread of all what transpired oh, yeah. or why? Oh yeah, he's poking Miller in the eye. Now he took his face mask. His, oh yeah, he his, ripped the face mask. Now what wait, I can't? Wait. How you upset three players later? That's he's stewing. <laughs> he's on the sideline just stewing. Like I can't wait to get him. And Johnson's like he gets. He's like he looked at him like what. Then he does it again. Then they go down. But John, you can tell Johnson's a guy that's been punched a lot. Because he, like, he didn't even. Dude, he's Wims, like, Why are you hitting me, Wims bro? punched him in the helmet, which is dumb. And then and then Wims flinched. And Johnson was like, what's going on? Yeah, he was like, I'm looking at the body language because it looked like he went for the mouthpiece and missed. And was like, I'm going to throw the punch instead. Since I, It was like, I'm going to try to take the mouthpiece and punch combo. What are you doing? Missed the mouthpiece. I'm going to punch. Then he's like, I'm, all right, let me get back ready for. For the counter, while Gardner Johnson, like, what is this guy doing? He's like, oh, he didn't counter. Punch again. And then Javnoris Jenkins jumps on his back. Like, it, and then it was, it was done. <laughs> Wimps suspended two games. You're not a star player. Like, you're going to risk. One for each punch. You're gonna, you, you just lost a lot of money. You're risking your career because you're because this, this, he, if you could, if if you said going into this game, a Saints player is going to get punched by a Bears player, <laughs> everyone would have known who it was going to be. Everybody, I mean, Michael Thomas sucker punched him. And I'm not defending Michael Thomas. You don't you don't sucker punch a guy at practice. But you talk about able to really bother opponents. 
Like Cortland Finnegan, the only difference is Finnegan was good. Finnegan Gardner Johnson got punched down that game. Gardner Johnson is like he's he's not as good as I mean I'm talking about as a player. He's oh, not as good a player no, no, as Finnegan no, was. No. But man, when you talk about getting in the head of the opponent, that dude. I'm gonna say that play though, Andre Johnson got the helmet off and Cortland connected no, no, and Jack, connected the punches. Like, I'm gonna get my money's worth. If I'm gonna pay, if I'm gonna pay some fines, I'm gonna get it in. Uh, ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com. Now Wims claims that Johnson spit on him, but Johnson, if you go back, he's wearing like uh, I don't even know if it was a mask as much as it was like it was cold. Yeah. He had that over his face, like no, it's like when because like you've got you've got cameras on every play. That the sounded camera like, be catching the that, spit come that, out that, your that, mouth. That, like, that sounded like a very weak, especially this year, like. The fact that can, can cameras miss something, yes. But this year, you do not have your crowd. So typically, if you're producing a game, and you know this, Norm, because you've, you've, you've majored in this stuff in college, when you're producing a, a, a – when there's a production of a football game, especially one that's the America's Game of the Week, you got a lot of cameras. And the director's it. in a truck, and he can go to all these different cameras. But this year, you don't have multiple cameras in the crowd, so you've got even more cameras on the field. This seems like – you got thirty. You got at least thirty cameras 30. for a regular production. Thirty cameras. Now, when you get to like uh, this past national championship, I think it was like ninety. Yeah, yeah. So it's like you got the goalpost camera, you got the the pylon cameras. You're not missing anything that happens on this field. If you if you breathe too hard, they're going to catch it. So this sounds like Wims just. I, I I instead of just owning it, he's just he's being weak. You Wims could have just came out and said he jacked my mouthpiece. I felt played. I overreacted. I overreacted. Like done. That's it. Like I punched him. I'm sorry. I, That's I, how much people can't stand that guy, dude. Uh, He's like, now what is he saying? That's why I'm know. like, what is he saying to to upset Michael Thomas enough? Mister can't guard Mike, who who dominates every cornerback in the league. What did you do on one play to upset him that maybe much? Maybe called him the slant boy. <laughs> After he ran the slam, call him slam boy. <laughs> that, that gets Michael Thomas fired up. You call him slam boy, he gets PO'd, man. That's why you. That's why you ran three slants on me. Oh, <laughs> gosh, dude. You ever you ever seen Tombstone? The no. movie Tombstone. No, it's just western. It's kind of like an action western. I'm not movie. watching any westerns. You you actually might like Tombstone. It's 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 pretty sweet. It's pretty. <laughs> I'm just telling you, it's pretty sweet. Is There's Indiana the, Jones a western? No. Okay, I hate that movie. What? Indiana Jones in the Last Crusade? You hate? Wait, wait the new ones? All, all, all of them? All of them? All of them? Come on, no even the novels? No. <laughs> you read that? You read them? I had to like elementary. I didn't even know there were novels. <laughs> so there's this guy. So the you you would like this? The bad guys in Tombstone, and it's based off historical. It's based off history. Is this group of outlaws that call themselves the Cowboys? So you probably like them. And there's this dude in it named Ike Clanton who's just like. I mean, you want to – he's not the, like, baddest dude in the group at all. He's just a guy that constantly runs his mouth, like, gets into trouble. Like, you want to punch him the whole time. The only difference is he's kind of a coward, and, and CJGJ doesn't strike me as a guy that would run from a fight. But he is Ike Clanton in that, like, he's not hes not the best guy on that locker room. He's not the best guy on the team. He's probably near the – you know, middle of the pack in terms of actual talent. But, boy, everybody that's against him wants to punch him in the face. And sometimes people on his own team punch him in the face. That's See, Ike did Clinton. You, did you watch Dragon Ball Z? 
Do you know any of the characters? No. He sounded like Krillin to me. Okay. So there you go. There's there's another reference. Yeah, yeah. Krillin was uh, Goku's the the <laughs> protagonist, best friend. He's always there in the fight, but he's the first one to get punched. It's always the first one. He doesn't have all the extra superpowers like everybody else. What's his name? Krillin. Krillin. And he's bald, and he's he's short, and he's always the first one to get punched. It's like he he all fights don't start unless Krillin gets punched, and then Goku's like, "You punched my guy." And then he saves them. See, I think we just covered the metaphor for for our whole audience. You got you got one side that's like, I watch Tombstone. Yeah, I watch Tombstone. And I got the other side where they're like, hell, I've seen Tombstone like a lot. <laughs> uh, I'll just, uh, Western. I think I, I saw the only Western Uncle I saw Barry. was the one with Will Smith. <laughs> wild wild west that's that's, that's not no. a western that's a summer blockbuster horrendous movie that's that was not, a great movie oh my god that was that's one of my favorite it's will smith a, movies the soundtrack was awesome okay so was the soundtrack to godzilla that movie was garbage too which godzilla uh, the old one from the 90s godzilla 2000 was horrible no oh well yeah all of all of them are bad no all of them are bad no it's yeah. god, no what are you watching what's wrong with you are you watching the old Godzilla? You can see like the guy's hands no, in the background. About the, the, the ninety-eight movie with Matthew Broderick, which was oh, no, that's what Godzilla is one of. That's the only toys you I love, wanted. You love, you love movies that went to the box office and lost tons of money. By the well, way, you got to think in ninety-eight, Smith turned I was down the Matrix franchise. He got offered that role, and he said, "No, I'm going to do Wild Wild West." Wild Wild West was amazing. <sighs> Awful. The Matrix, maybe because I was younger, I don't know. Ma- Matrix was so complicated, other than the shooting while I was watching. Godzilla it. was was really bad. Which yeah. one? When he, when the one where he All was? Because see, they had two different plots, and I didn't understand until I was older. <laughs> yeah, the Godzilla just popped up in New York City one yep, day. Yep. That one was that no, was pretty that was bad. bad. That was, that's what I'm talking about. Really bad. And they had the eggs and and uh, mm-hmm. and, and they tried to rip off Jurassic Park. <laughs> that one was bad. Really bad. That's what I'm talking about. But every last Godzilla other than that was good. The one that came out like five, six years ago, you like that? The one where they had like the blue flames. And he's like like swimming in the ocean or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was gotta go see an IMAX. Awful. To appreciate it. Awful. Gotta get the Sarobi, the uh, Adobe surround sound effects to really feel it. <laughs> I right. really was a, a dinosaur. Like, you know how kids grew up either you're playing with like Tonka trucks. Oh, dude, my kid like loves the, dinosaurs. And Godzilla came out in 98. I was born in 92, no, Scott. Jurassic Park is a dinosaur movie. Godzilla is Godzilla. It's, it's, it's a form of a dinosaur. No, it's not. No. He's a form of a dinosaur. Uh, no. no. 30 minutes after the hour. Uh, Gary Broadhead's going to try to save us from this in uh, in about 15 minutes. Norman Lyle, Scott Prather. So the Bucks are... <laughs> good transition. So the Buccaneers are a five-point favorite. Started out at four and a half lines, moved a little bit. Michael Thomas practiced yesterday. Marquez Callaway, Emmanuel Sanders. It is worth noting Drew Brees and Alvin Kamara were limited. Both said they're fine. They're going to play on Sunday. Antonio Brown making his debut. These teams statistically very similar offensively. Where are they different? Defense. Tampa's played, you know, allowing fewer points. Uh, it's really hard to rush against this team. The big difference in week one was the turnovers and them getting to Brady. Something's got to give. Tampa's offensive line isn't that great. Saints' pass rush hasn't been that great. An unstoppable force meets an unmovable force. <laughs> Marcus Davenport, I know you like to, to rag on him, but he's since he's returned, better. he's played well. Yeah, he's been playing well. I think if the Saints win, I think he's going to be the biggest X factor in the game. 
because he changes the Saints' pass rush, which hasn't been all that great this year. And for Tampa Bay, if they protect Brady and he has time, it's going to be a really tough night. for them. It's going to be a shootout, basically. Yeah. Yeah. If they can get to him, they're going to win the game. I, I, there are a lot of different aspects to this game. I think there's on both special both teams, games. turnovers, but I really think, and I think you're right. I think the, the look, Tampa Bay's D line is certainly better than the Saints' it's, D line, but the Saints' O line is definitely better than Tampa's. It's, so it's, it's I, that's literally what's going to be the key to winning this game. Whoever gets to the opposing quarterback, because we could go back and forth now. Do Tampa Bay's secondary is better than the Saints' secondary as a whole, but I, you know, the Saints. It's just something about that defense that they play with a little bit more swagger and energy than the Bucks defense. Now the Bucks defense is stingy, but you know I haven't seen them other than that Packers game get major drive-ending turnovers or what I call like juice plays. And it's like the Saints live and die off the juice plays. And you know, other than the juice plays, they're not really you know getting major turnovers. Other than you know, we watch. Nick Foles just basically give give gifts to to, to the Saints, uh, but other than that, big you know the Saints have been kind of big, big gifts, big gifts. So, you, but you're you're right. The Saints and the Juice plays, and part of that is special teams too. The like, Juice plays. Jaden Mickens, I I if if he runs a kick back, I will be surprised. Like you're not looking at Bucks and saying. Dude, the hidden yardage, right? Like Deontay Harris. He getting 35 yards. Gosh, high, he's 35. unbelievable, right? Like against the Bears, he didn't take one, but there were so many plays in a game that's decided in overtime where you're looking at the difference of about 20 to 25 yards. Especially with that kickoff. that third Starting at the 35 versus starting at the 20 is a major difference. He, he, he the, the Morstead, ironically, has been the one that hasn't played great this year. He was great in week one against Tampa. He was really good. Other than that, hasn't been up to snuff, but but – you know that he can play really well. Um, and then Will Lutz, do you trust him more than Ryan Suckup? Hmm. I mean, he's missed one kick this year and the laces were out. Sorry. So I'm going to have to go yeah. with Lutz. So, I just didn't. I, I, I was trying to think over what's Tampa Bay. How many kicks? I know Will Lutz ain't not, not missing. But here's, Suckup's, I'm like, Suckup's not bad. I think he's I think he's missed two this year. Um, so he's not he's not bad. He missed one from fifty plus and one between I think from like forty five, and he's attempted a lot. I think he's attempted like seventeen field goals. So you're going to see a lot of kicks in this game. The pass rush, whichever team wins that battle, and then the only thing that might negate it if the Saints or Bucks lose, like let's say the Saints lose the pass rush, but they win the special teams battle because they didn't week one by a lot. Mm-hmm. And and everyone talked about well Brady's pick and Janoris Jenkins, but go back and look at the special teams in that game. That's the other hidden aspect of this because I think Brady Breeze, Antonio Brown, Michael Thomas, Kamara, I think all those guys are going to play well. They're it's, all going to get a, points. It's a wash. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a wash. They got, you know, you got a great linebacking core with the Bucks. You got a great running back core with the Saints. You got the Saints got have a, a good receiver coming back. Then you got the Bucks with their cornucopia of receivers. I like that word. Cornucopia. I can't spell it. <laughs> <laughs> Let me try. I'm gonna try. I'm not gonna look it up. I, I can't look it up because I can't spell it. <laughs> or I'll just go C O R N A, C O P I A. Cornucopia. All right. What if it starts with? Yeah, it starts with C, right? Or did I get it wrong right out the gate? No, it, it definitely starts with C, but I, I don't know how to spell it, so I don't know how to look it up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm oh, okay, see. it's C. It's corn. C O. Oh, it's okay. It's U. Yeah. Uh, the U. Not the A. It's an abundant supply of good things. Right. 
cornucopia. Right. Spelling bees here on the show. <laughs> Gary Rodhead coming up in uh, in 10 minutes. Scott Prather, Norman Locke. It's the great Scott Show, ESPN 1420.com. All right, so you're taking the Bucks. I'm taking the Bucks. I'm not sure. I played Madden. I told you. I saw. I, I felt it. I saw it. It was, it was a lot of. Um, if the Bucks lose, I said if. Mm-hmm. What excuses is the media going to make for Brady? I don't think it's going to be more of an excuse. I feel like the media is going to be whoever loses. You're going to get more of the winner side of. In the media, like okay, so say Drew Brees wins, you're going to get more of how great Drew Brees is, how the offense turned around, how they said that Drew Brees was done, and nope. this, that, and the third. Nope. I feel like if it turns into the Bucks winning, it's going to be the same thing. Like, look at what the Patriots, how bad the Patriots are. Look how Tom Brady has been continuous excellence for the last forty years, and and um, I love your analysis. Analyst voice. Yeah. Oh, now look no. at Tom Brady. Oh, I'm going to play the video for it because I just saw it pop up on my timeline. And he has this guy I follow. He's in um, Boston. And he has the stereotypical Boston radio sports personality voice. And it's hilarious. It's like what Dave Schultz wanted to sound like. <laughs> shout out Dave Schultz over there. And, uh, shout out Dave Schultz over there at Mobile. Um yeah, I, I'm, I'm. I don't know yet. I'm telling you, that's how I think the storyline is going to go. If whoever wins is going to be more positives, bigging them up than what you hear about the losers, unless the the loser of the two quarterbacks they both owed. So you know, you're going to hear about arm strength to whoever loses. You're going to hear about arm strength, and I'm leaning toward Tampa right now, but I'll make a pick tomorrow. You can hold me to it. Okay. I might change my mind. It is a rough three-game stretch that y'all coming on. You had the Bears, you got the Bucks, and then you got uh, you got the Niners. They're they're pretty beat up, and then you got the Falcons, and you're at Denver, and you got the Falcons, you got Philly, and you got the Chiefs. But when you look at it, the Saints will be favored in a lot of those games. Except the Chiefs, not this one. No, they won't be favored in that one. Not this one. But if you get it, you've got a game and a half lead in in the yeah. division, and, and, it, I don't and you're going to be able to catch that one. You you're you're cooking, you're cooking. Huge game. Huge game. Um, all right, before we bring on Gary Broadhead, let's uh, let's quickly go through the schedule in the NFL. Week 9. Tonight, Packers against apparently the 49ers who are going to be without 58 players. I exaggerated, <laughs> but not by much. It's the Packers. It's the Packers. Yeah, there's just too many missing pieces. Basically a, a, a forfeit. Boy, I know everyone's clock. thrilled to watch this one as the Falcons host the Broncos. <laughs> I'm taking. I'm, I don't know who to pick. Broncos. I'm taking Broncos. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll take the Broncos. Uh, Seattle at Buffalo. That that could be fun. That could be fun. I'm taking Buffalo. Your boy Josh Allen. You gonna tell? You gonna tear that defense up? All right, all right. Um, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go Seattle in a tight one. Chicago at Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah. Indy in Baltimore. This is a this is a show it's me a game one. for the Colts, isn't it? It is. No, it's a show me game for to the Ravens because the Colts is, has the I want to say they have the number one defense in the league. Uh so it, they don't have the number one quarterback. They don't have the number one quarterback. Uh he stole twenty million dollars this year. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good payday for the kids. Uh but I I'm I've got to go with the Ravens. 
Um, I'll take Baltimore as well. Kansas City, we I have over Carolina. They're at home. Yeah. Minnesota and Detroit. Vikings uh, cooking again this week, or do they come back down? Both of these teams, like, check when I was like, they both, like, because. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah, it's like the, the Detroit. I'll take the Lions. Yeah, why I'm, not? I'm, I'm why the like, hell I'm not? I'm going to go with Detroit. Cause they, the, uh, w, did they win last week? WFT okay. uh, hosting uh, New York G. They're going to lose this week. Yes, they got They are a forever 500 team. The Lions won week before last against Atlanta. I think they lost to the Colts this past week. But they're going to win. They're going to win. No, no, no. So what's their record right now? The, the Lions? Yes. I think they have two wins, maybe. I think they are. No, they're three and four. They three and four. They got a better record than Minnesota. They're I'll take going, the Vikings. I'm taking no. I'm taking the Lions because they are a 500 team. All right, Washington. Uh, the Washington football team hosting New York. Daniel Jones. I'm taking New York. Oof. I'll take WFT. Which every time I see it in print, I read it as WTF. I can't help it. Uh, boy, a battle of. One win game, one win teams. Houston at Jacksonville. Houston. Sure, why not? Vegas at the Chargers. Give me Carr and the Raiders. Give me the Vegas. Pittsburgh at Dallas. Come on. Pittsburgh. The Steelers, man. Miami at Arizona. This is this this is feels like a show me game for the Dolphins, and yet if Arizona loses, then you can't take them serious. So it's kind of a show me game for both teams. Arizona. Take. Uh, I'll take the cards. Man, don't lie. Patriots and Jets Monday night. Ooh, yay. <laughs> Pats. No. I'm picking the Pats, but I think Belichick's yeah, yeah, more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're taking the Pats. Uh, he's taking the Bucks. I'll take the Saints for radio reasons. <laughs> radio reasons. Don't go anywhere. Gary Broadhead joins us next right here. Louisiana Raging Cajun Head Women's Basketball Coach, CSPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app. I'm Scott Prather. That's Norman Locke. We're coming to you live from the Roofing Louisiana ESPN 1420 studio. Back right after this. On top of first-class care, you will never receive a bill. The only thing we had to worry about was just keeping Azalea comfortable. St. Jude saved her life. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. In baseball, these are the moments that bring us to our feet. But the most important moment happens when we all stand together. United for a great cause. We once again join our partners Stand Up to Cancer in reaffirming a commitment to the fight against cancer. Since 2008, Major League Baseball, its fans, players, and coaches have delivered a powerful, determined message that we, together, will defeat cancer. I'm Matt Damon. I'm Candace Patton. Joe Manganiello. Jordana Brewster. Zachary Levi. I'm Uzo Aduba. Cancer has in some way touched all of us. So join Major League Baseball and Stand Up to Cancer as we stand in honor of all loved ones affected by this disease. Visit standuptocancer.org slash MLB. 
Stand up with us. There's something delicious popping in downtown Lafayette. It's Popalicious Gourmet Popcorn. Now at 415 Lee Avenue, Popalicious has over 50 tantalizing flavors sure to appeal to your taste buds like zebra, Cajun cheddar, and dill pickle. Check out their signature milkshakes like birthday cake with sprinkles topped with a cupcake or a cookie monster milkshake with an assortment of cookies. And you've got to try the Swamp Thing nachos topped with smoked sausage, tasso, and grilled shrimp. Remember to order your holiday popcorn gift tins. Open every day from 11 to 6 in downtown Lafayette. This weekend, visit JCPenney for TGI Black Friday. Get the same Black Friday prices just earlier on thousands of new deals before they're gone. Score the absolute best savings with this week's extra 30% off coupon. Use it to get select women's St. John's Bay and ANA sweaters for $9.99 each. Or shop select cooks, waffle makers, slow cooker, or panini press for $14.99 each after coupon and $10 mail-in rebate. Need it fast? Pick up orders curbside. Joy, comfort, peace. JCPenney. Offer valid 11-6-11-8. Conditions and exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details. Looking for a natural deodorant that doesn't stink? Myro keeps you fresh and smelling great with its plant-based formula that has no toxic ingredients. Try it today by visiting MyMyro.com. That's M-Y-M-Y-R-O.com. Enter promo code radio to get a free full-size deodorant when you sign up and just pay $5 for shipping. MyMyro.com. You know, there's nothing I hate more than dishonest business practices. So I built the company GiveMeTheVin.com around this slogan. We do what we say we're going to do when we say we're going to do it. At GiveMeTheVin.com if we don't beat a CarMax offer that you have, we'll send you a check for $100. Show up at your house, check in hand, pay off your payoff. It's just that simple. Give me the VIN.com, America's best car buyer. Sell us your car. Give me the VIN.com. So easy you can do it in your underwear. Have you downloaded the ESPN 1420 app yet? No. <laughs> Why not? Just tap that app and hear ESPN 1420 programming worldwide. Download the ESPN 1420 app in the iTunes App Store or Google Play. He likes sports takes like he likes food. Spiced, peppery, and anything but bland. Yummy! It's Scott Prather on The Great Scott Show. ESPN 1420 and ESPN1420.com. Welcome back into The Great Scott Show. Scott Prather, Norman Locke, ESPN 1420. Speaking of anything but bland, I made a gumbo yesterday, Norm. How was it? It was great. Was it a seafood? My wife tried to food shame me. No, it was chicken and sausage. Okay, okay. You know, I got home late. I had something with my oldest and uh, made like a really big bowl. She's like, that's obnoxious. Put some back. <laughs> she did. I was like, man, I cooked this. I was like waiting to eat it all day, but I did put some back. It was a little obnoxious. Have so did there. you get the two bowl combo or did you, or you was I just trying got a really big bowl. Oh, no. No, Scott. And then yeah, I froze that's... a bunch to eat at a later date. You're supposed to go. You're supposed to get two bowls. Kyle. All right, we're talking gumbo etiquette. Uh, <sighs> cooking up some good stuff. Let's talk to, as promised, Ragey Cajun head women's basketball coach Gary Broadhead and what his program is cooking up here in 2020. And uh, first of all, coach, good morning. How are you? Oh, good morning. Doing great. Thanks for having me. You know, we were, we were talking about it uh, in the seven o'clock hour. A lot of times, when it when a team season ends. In, in the postseason, they're coming off of a loss. But for you guys, season ends prematurely. You're coming off of a number of wins, getting ready for the tournament. So I know we're here to talk about this season, but how often over the last several months have you thought about the way last season ended? Well, you know, I think the kids and players uh, feel it a little bit more. You know, for me, uh, it kind of excites me when I think about, you know, where we were at at that time of the year and how we have everybody coming back pretty much and uh, what we can do again, you know, there's no guarantees, but uh, I see it in practice. You know, I can see the, you know, the kids being a 
hungry to get back in, on the court and, and show what their talents were, you know, and the hard work they had put in it in last season. But, yeah, you think about it a little bit, what could have been, but, you know, you got to kind of move on. And I've always been pretty good about that is, uh, you know, hey, you look at the past and you try to build on it, you learn from it. And uh, I think that's one of the things that uh, has happened to us. It's helped us to promote and also feel good about the direction that we're going in this year. And to me, it, uh, it's kind of like they took leadership. You know, our kids are – uh, kind of pushing the, you know, pushing the pin. You know, they are the ones that are really they feel good about where they're at and how hard they're working. And so, it's uh, it's been a good situation now. You know, at that point it wasn't, but uh, you know, because we want to finish. You know, and that's one of our things that I think in the eight years we've been at at UL, we've always finished pretty strong. You know, your eight years and a milestone this season, fifty years uh, in the history of this program. A lot of history, um, and and I know that this season, you guys, us, and, and everybody, we're going to be celebrating that a little bit, Coach, because it's it should be celebrated. You know, 50 is a milestone for this program. Yeah, no doubt. You know, uh, you know we put together a 50-year team. Uh, uh, you know, a couple of guys got together. I mean, uh, SID and Stevie P, and we put together what we thought uh, would be a 50-year team and trying to celebrate it when we – uh, do a lot alumni weekend and uh, you know, just to celebrate the past of all the players that have come through, you know, uh, from the Kim Parats on down, you know, just uh, we've been very blessed to have not only good players, but uh, great people. And I think that's what we want to celebrate is uh, how they added value to our community. Uh, and they still do. A lot of them uh, have stayed in our community and our business women and, uh, nurses and leaders, and uh, so we want to celebrate them and uh, thank them for what they've done for us, and and we hope to continue adding value to people's lives in our community. Gary Broadhead, Ragey Cajun women's basketball coach, our guest. Uh, preseason All Sun Belt teams came out yesterday, Coach. I know the uh, coaches' predictions will come out today, but um, Ty Doucette, first team. Your senior from uh, from Ville Platte and uh, third team, Brandy Williams as well. Just uh, start with Ty. Uh, do you feel like your team can go as far as as she can lead you this year? Is she the the the, the girl in that locker room that everybody's looking to? Yeah, no doubt. You know, she's been that since you know we we started recruiting her in the eighth grade. You know, I could just see the her ability to score and her athleticism. Uh, you know, so we know that uh, she's got a lot of talent. Our thing for our team is her availability. You know, her best ability will be her availability. If she can, you know, go through the season, she's always had some knickknacks, injuries and stuff. And this is by far uh, the healthiest she's been in the four years that she's been with us. So uh, we're we're looking for that. I think if, if Ty Doucette's available, you'll see us go. There's no doubt in my mind. Brandy Williams, uh, an appearance on the third team. Do you feel like there were some other players on your team uh, that that might have had some votes to end up on one of the first three teams? Yeah, you know, Brandy's uh, was freshman in the year a couple of years ago, and you know she's going into her junior year can score. I mean, she's a scorer, so I mean, I think she deserves that. But you know, you got like somebody like Kim Burton that has just improved tremendously and has always been a great defensive player for us, but now she can score it. Uh, 
our, you know, I've been doing this for a long time, and we take pride. I mean, Danny Broussard is one of those guys that takes pride in being a shot doctor, and we always feel the same way that we can, you know, improve somebody's shot. But I've never seen in my career anybody improve their shot like Kim Burton did. And, I mean, now she's shooting threes and at a very consistent rate. And so we're going to see some things from her that are going to surprise our conference this year. Um, also, Skylar, you know, uh, Skylar Goodwin is, is is another one that, you know, her, she had one of the better freshman years uh, coming in. And the last couple of years, we've moved her position around. And now we're moving her back to the point guard position where we feel that she's going to be way more productive. So you're going to see a lot out of her, too. So, I, you know, I feel good that the returners that are coming back with the experience, you know, you hear, I mean, I hear y'all, I listen to y'all all the time about, talent and all that but I, I really believe in college sports uh, uh experience goes a long way you know you have to have some talent to, to be able to make it there but the experience that we have i think can can help us to you know become the best team that we can be yeah, you got a lot of uh, upperclassmen that have produced and done a lot in this program coach gary broadhead our guest i want to circle back to what you were saying about uh, kimberly burton and how much she's worked on her shot how much it's improved uh, as well as her three-point shot, do you does your offense now change because of that? Does your game plan change in conference play? You said other teams might be uh, a little surprised at, at how much that's improved from a coaching standpoint, X's and O's wise. What changes now that her shot is what it is? Well, I think the thing is for us is is you know we're running our four out one in, and now they have to guard her. You know, in, in the past we'd have her at the high post and. Uh, they would just kind of sag off of her because she's so athletic and can get to the rim. But now they'll have to go out and guard her. I mean, that just it's going to open it up not only for her on the drives and all that, but also for everybody else. You know, her passing has gotten better, and so you know, our offense is pretty, pretty, pretty much the same as we've ran the last couple of years. You know, uh, Coach Val Weizar is in charge of our offense, and. Uh, you know, we've added a few wrinkles, but, you know, basically the same thing. But I tell you what, when you, uh, how they say they have play and then they have the errors, you know, the players, you know, you have, when you have those kids that can score like we have this year, I think it, uh, it makes your offense go better. I always say when the ball goes in, the offense always looks better. And I think that's, uh, that's kind of where we are. We have some, some really good shooters and people that can score. Gary Broadhead, our guest, ESPN fourteen twenty, coach. The conference deciding uh, last week to move to a format this year in basketball with Friday Saturday matchups against the same team at the same venue and only playing teams um, within your division in the Sun Belt. Uh, what, what's what's the negative from it, and and is there some positive from it as well? What's the good and the bad from a schedule like that, from your standpoint as a coach? Well, you know, I'm going on my ninth year that we haven't had a uh, start in our conference at home. And so when the schedule came out this year, we finally had our first two, actually four out of the six games were going to be at home. So we're really excited about the schedule and nine of the nine of the 16 games were going to be at home. So that means we were only going to be on the road as, you know, for seven games. And you know this, Scott, that it's difficult to play on the road. You know, no matter how good you are, it's 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 a lot better to play at home. I think there's a distinct advantage, and so we we love the schedule. You know, we thought that you know we finally got the schedule that we needed to kind of help us. Uh, 
you know, to get through the conference. But, you know, they, you know, the change was made, and now we're six of eight on the road. You know, we start off on the road for the first four, and then uh, we have six of eight. So it's, you know, it is what it is. It's, it's not nothing new to us because it's happened every year. So we just deal with it, you know. I like the idea of starting at home because, you know, uh, I think players in general, when you start with wins, uh, and it's a lot easier to win them at home. You know, you, you can build some momentum. And uh, that's been the toughest thing since we've been here. It's difficult to build momentum when you're, you're starting on the road and staying on the road. You know, last year we had five or six on the road. We just got a little lucky to, to steal a couple of them. And we'll have to do that this year. It's not it's nothing new. So, and I think that's the negative thing is we were so excited about what we had. And then we understand with the, you know, with – COVID and all that and, you know, trying to protect our student athletes. They thought that, you know, the men thought that was the best thing to do. And so we just went with that and we'll see how that works out. You know, I've never played, you know, I I think on the women's side, I think, you know, with ACL tears and injuries and all that, I think a Friday, Saturday is too much for their body, but hey, uh, it is what it is. You know, we usually play Thursday, Saturday. So that rest day uh, in between helps them. So, We'll see. I think on the men's side, I think they're built more for it. So we'll see how that, if uh, not only does it protect COVID, but does it protect our student-athletes. So yeah. I, I think those are the negative things. The positive things is uh, they want to get through the season, you know. And uh, I guess playing four, four times, you know, you'll have opponents for four times. and You know, you'll, you'll play enough games, hopefully, to, uh, to have a you know, NCAA tournament. Gary Broadhead has been our guest. He'll be on again in about an hour with Steve Peliquin. Um, last thing, Coach, a message to the listeners, to Cajun fans out there before we let you run, if you'd like to share one. Yeah, you know, I tell you what, we're we're in a process right now. We uh, have moved our, our – we have an assist club, and we moved our golf tournament around because of weather and just different things. And on Monday, November 9th, we have an our – which we, we consider our big fundraiser – uh, it's a great day to, at La Triomphe. We, uh, we host a, a, a golf scramble, which allows us to uh, mingle with our supporters and all that. We'd love to have some more teams. You know, we're right at 20-something teams right now. You know, I'd, uh, I'd love to try to pick up a couple more. and uh, That would be awesome. You know, it's just a great day. And it's, it, is, it is the only fundraiser that we really do for our program, our assist club. And, uh, we would love to have some more people out. So, uh, yeah, and the, the easiest thing to do would be to contact uh, myself or my DI, Mary Chris. And my number is 337-540-3573. Or Mary Chris's number is 972-249-5346. But uh, we'd, love to have, uh, we'd love to have you out there, Scott. Man, I, I'm not too good at it, but uh, but let me know, and I'll maybe I'll maybe I can come out there and dress up as like a mascot and just help from a spirit standpoint, Coach. <laughs> I love it, man. Well, hey, dress up as a mascot and see if you can hit some shots for it, or just do some putting. You and we'll get you and Steve out there. Oh boy, uh, it might be ugly, but if folks want to watch it, I'm in. Coach, I appreciate it, man. Um, all the best, and we'll talk to you soon. All right. All right, sounds good. Thanks, Scott. Appreciate y'all. Go Cajuns. Coach Gary Broadhead there, Norman Locke the man, the in myth front of me. You're rocking a, a, the WNBA hoodie today. WNBA hoodie, man. Got to support the women playing basketball. <laughs> I think it's bright, too. It is bright. You ever, See, and you don't play 2K. I've played 2K with the WNBA stars. It's, it's 
it's fun. It's, it's, it's a lot more competitive because there's no dunking. So it's like you got to score them points. And them, on 2K, they, they playing defense. Got to shoot. Got to shoot. Kimberly Burton got to improve the shot. Got to gotta let it fly. It's all about shooting. Shooting, like I said, it's tough to get layups in that paint. Uh, when you got somebody like Brittany Griner down there. Um, so it's, it's, uh, it's all jump shots. Shoot or shoot. Don't go anywhere. Steve Pelequin's next with Beyond the Game. That's Norman Locke. You can catch him with Greg tomorrow and Sunday morning on the morning lock-in. Is that right? Yes, sir. Stay tuned. I will talk to you guys tomorrow. ESPN1420.com. Gus Cattengale will join me. Uh, Dr. Brian Maggard and Nico Yanko as well. And Scott Shanley, former Super Bowl winning linebacker for the New Orleans Saints, will be on the show tomorrow morning. Until next time, I know be a stranger. Steve is next. Don't go anywhere.